Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Progressive Britain podcast. This is the review episode for episode 19, featuring Stella Creasy and Tom Cabassi on PFI and economic justice. I'm Progress Deputy Editor Connor Pope, and I'm with Progress Director Richard Angel to look through some of the reactions to this week's show. Richard, you're back. You've been away for a couple of weeks. You've not been around. I have sadly not been about. Have you been missed me? Have you been listening to the podcast? Of course I have. Loyally <laughs> listening to the podcast as I've driven around the country to various events and bits and pieces to get the message of the progressive cause out there. Jess Phillips was obviously her edition was while I was away and a very good review show with you and Steph from that. But also the Stella Creasy Tom Cabassi yeah, one this yeah. week, which I think stimulated for me lots of thoughts. One, I mean, Stella's kind of relentlessly both radical and practical at the same time campaigns that she invariably starts with something that seems absolutely impossible, you know, capping these kind of Wonga style credit organisations, then trying to get the women of Northern Ireland free abortions when they come to England. Like these all start as like, I mean, good luck, Stella, but you know, you're kind of like trying to swim up river here and now she's picked pfi and a windfall tax on them but what's great about it is particularly when we're in a world where you're not allowed to say anything nice about pfi she opens up her mind to why they were there in the first place Mm. and that it wasn't a terrible thing to try to have done this but they maybe not have ended as they were intended but also in the current fantasy politics of the Labour party if we just buy back pfi it's all for free you can just replace the kind of debt that you bring in into a bond and therefore it's an asset again and it's therefore cost neutral for the country i think most people know it's not really true but crucially if you buy back all the pfis no public services get better you just transfer a massive asset move from the state to wealthy individuals who own PFI companies. What Stella Creasy's windfall tax does is raise revenue for the exchequer that you can spend on public services. Or if she actually gets what she really wants is renegotiate the contracts. The whole thing becomes much more affordable over the long run anyway. So that was really interesting as well, actually, because she, she said, you know, that is the aim to renegotiate the contracts, but none of them want to come around the table. So like, what leverage do we have to get them there? And that was quite interesting that she didn't just say what she wanted. She was like, like this isn't just going to happen just because I say I want it to happen. And so kind of thinking through the process of, of doing all of that and not necessarily kind of, you know, doing it by dangling a carrot, but like wielding a pretty big stick. 
Yeah, and just that basic insight that when they were signed, corporation tax was what, high 20s, 30%, mm. it's now 17. They're clearly getting a windfall from the fact that the last two chancellors have decided to reduce corporation tax to get other investment in to stimulate new companies. Why do the existing companies that get their guaranteed source of income from the public sector that signed a contract for 30 years at a given point? The only variable to their cost seems to have been that tax has gone down Windfall them or renegotiate. Win-win. So good on Stella Creasy. The other thing, of course, was Tom Cabassi's work was interesting. One, because a lot of faith, I think, has been put into this Commission for Economic Justice. People are hoping it will be for not actually Labour, because of course the IPPR aren't a partisan group, but for progressive politics, what David Miliband's Social Justice Commission was in the 90s. And this will hopefully chart a useful way for us. But interestingly, they've been talking you know, their kind of thinking in public has been in Downing Street with the Lib Dems, with the SNP as well. So it's mm. not just going to be informed by Labour people, but could hopefully outline and chart a route for a more progressive and sustainable economy. Absolutely. And did you catch uh, Boris Johnson's speech this week? He was reaching out to Remainers in the did you, did you feel a... Did I feel touched? Did you feel um, a, a, the, um, an olive branch in your direction? I thought it was mainly about Boris, was yeah. my main conclusion. I think it seems to be others that it was like, I don't like that you don't like me was more the kind of point of his speech. I don't like politicians who want to be liked. I like politicians who aim to be respected because you can then like that. If you want to be liked, you end up being inconsistent. But all of his stuff about you, a liberal Brexit, the only way in which this looks like a liberal Brexit at the moment is in terms of liberalising things like our workers' rights legislation yes. and stuff like that. Yes. That's not the kind of liberalism no. that I'm interested in whatsoever. So I'm not exactly sure who he was even... Trying yes, to. it's an economic liberal future. It's not a socially liberal future. So whether it's the political rights we get from being from the EU, which has allowed, for example, openly gay men to serve in the military in this country, that's all gone. But whether it's the economic social rights that we get from being in the single market, the fact that whether you're a mixed race couple or a same sex couple, you can turn up to B&B in London, Belfast or in mm. Warsaw and can't be turned away, all come from your kind of economic rights from being part of the single market. They're all going to disappear under Boris Johnson's vision. And they're not planning to strengthen the Human Rights Act or bring in new rights for us to guarantee, you know, they're not promising a written constitution like the South African one where race and LGBT or or, or disability equality is hardlined into our system. It's libertarian and it's free for all on equalities, not liberal in its open to all. Yeah, we we had two uh, really interesting pieces on the website that relate to this this week, actually. Um, One was by uh, a guy called uh, Keir Bradwell. It's the first First time writer. First time writer for Progress on the back of Boris's speech, what it meant, who it was aimed at. That's really interesting, well worth a read. But also um, Kate Dearden from Community Union wrote for us because this week is Heart Unions Week in which we're... If you're not a member of a union, people, join your union. (laughs) In which we're encouraged to, you know, kind of um, talk about what good trade unions do in the country. Actually, her piece was really interesting because it examined things like globalisation and automation and flexible working and how that affects trade unions and what they need to be doing in response to that to ensure that people... Because she's at Community Union now, which is trying to yes, organise yes, self-employed yeah. workers and some of those people in that new part of the economy. Mm. It was just a very interesting response to that kind of thing that, especially if we have this so-called liberal Brexit, which is in fact just an incredibly hard Tory Brexit, that will strip away these workers' rights. How do trade unions respond to things like that? And actually, that was a, it was a really interesting first kind of step on that way. Good on her. But we also had the February magazine editorial out this week. 
So the editorial this month was arguing that the very thing that Labour seems to want, which is unity amongst the membership, is actually delivered by staying in the single market. And the customs union, whether you're Chukramana, Heidi Alexander, Alison McGovern, West Streeting, or you're Len McCluskey and the trade unions on the other side, essentially a single market and customs union future for Britain is something that can really bring us together because we know that people might have voted to leave the political European Union but didn't vote to make themselves poorer. And you can't have... It's not that staying in the single market is the best way of having a jobs-first Brexit. It's the only way of having a jobs-first Brexit. So that obviously unites the party. And this is a point you've made time and time again, is that the bit of unity is in the membership on single market and customs union. There's a kind of handful of essentially Benites from the 80s that don't agree with this position. Um, most of those are in either the leadership of the Labour Party or Momentum. But invariably, most of us agree on this single market thing. And it's basically asking the leadership to kind of come to the position that the party are. We say that party democracy is important. You know, give the membership a say over Brexit through the MPF, where they've got a plenary rather than a whole commission and series of work. Listen to the party on, on the issues that got blocked at conference this year by Momentum and others to even discuss Brexit. But it is there as a kind of point of unity. And the crucial thing is, is that 2018 will decide the main challenges on Brexit and what road we take. And so the earlier Labour fixes its position in the right place, in the right policy place on single market and customs union, the more likely the Parliament will come to that point. Because the conclusion of the 2017 election was to move the decision on Brexit from Theresa May's hands into Parliament's. And if you do want to support the Labour campaign for the single market, we'll put a link underneath this podcast. But we should probably move on to the comments that we've had from listeners this week. So Call Me Lucifer says, there are lots of podcasts where people chat about politics, but this one, you really get the idea that people know what they're talking about, but everyone wears their knowledge lightly. However, here you go. Connor Pope <laughs> spoiled it by saying something critical about Doctor Who. I know who the real progress mug is, he says. I think that some people on the internet may well be clipping a section of this podcast so that people across the world can hear Richard Angel say, call me Lucifer. Call me Lucifer. <laughs> <laughs> and we got another comment from uh, Green Farm Road, who said, uh, podcast 19 on the new economy was excellent. A critically important subject discussed by experts who had something worthwhile to say. However, the podcast does not always achieve this standard. I've no interest in learning the regular presenter's preferred reality show or that they enjoy the after eight game. Keep it serious, please. It's why we listen. Oh, so constructive feedback from both of the... Um... <laughs> it's always my favourite bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly, from, uh, from our listeners. So uh, we obviously appreciate the feedback. When you rate us or review us on iTunes, it means we get to more people, which is really important. Purpose for the podcast to not just speak to our people who are already listening, which is great, and for them to feedback, but to get to a wider audience. So thank you for doing that. Who wins this week's mug then? Call me Lucifer. Let's do it. What? The Doctor Who fanatic. He's not just a fanatic, just doesn't like your kind of, <laughs> your, your trashing of a great British institution, Connor. I've never watched it. How can you not? It wasn't on telly when I was a kid. And now, How do you, that, and now no, we're grown up. I'm not having that. that is really, one, it gets repeated all the bloody time. And secondly, it's had, you know, it had a revival at a perfect time for you, I was, I was, I was about 16 or something when it came back on telly, I think. That's perfect. No. It's not like a children's programme. You program. think 16-year-olds should have, should have the vote, but now you expect them to watch children's programmes. That's ridiculous. Doctor Who is not a children's programme. <laughs> it is a children's programme. Of course it is, isn't it? Doctor Who is not a children's anyway, programme. Anyway, call me Lucifer. You can uh, tell us your views on whether Doctor Who is a children's programme. 
Uh, and we will also send you a mug if you send your name and address to office at progressonline.org.uk. So each week, Connor asks a political pub quiz question. What was your question this week? I asked which BBC journalist ran on the same slate as John Landsman I knew the in, answer to in this a one. university election. Yep. And, and you, you know the answer? I do. It was Andrew Marr. Andrew Marr, yes. Red Andrew Marr. Who uh, obviously hit the? It was a Maoist slate, I believe, wasn't it? Uh, something like I think I'm, it was. I'm, a, I think it was an overtly Maoist slate they stood <laughs> on. Um, he obviously hit the headlines this week, not least in his um, former newspaper, The Independent, about when he said to Paddy Mordaunt, the Tory minister, that um, he thought that their interview had gone well on the Marsh. He gave a little thumbs up, didn't he? And yeah. it, the camera caught it. But brilliant. So he used to be the editor of The Independent, and The Independent ran a story being like, you know, and Andrew Marr and kind of like Tory shame or something like that. Yeah. But anyway, I thought that. Was, Anyway. You're trying to rebrand him back, remind people of his <laughs> Maoist past. What yeah, a generous think, pub quiz question. Um, anyway, congratulations to Tom Devlin, who, well done, who Tom. got the right answer this week. Do send your address to office at progressonline.org.uk. And we will stick a mug in the post for you. We are actually just waiting on the arrival of some new mugs. They've been so popular that we've run out. So maybe a week or so, but uh, we'll try and get one in the post as soon as possible. Anyway, I think we should leave it there. But remember to send in any comments on questions, leave a review, rate and subscribe on iTunes. And Progressive Britain will be back on Tuesday next week. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Progressive Britain podcast with Connor Pope and Richard Angel. The music is When in the West by Blue Dot Sessions, licensed under Creative Commons. And this episode was produced by Carolyn Crampton. Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.